Join me on March 14th as I'm joined by Condé Nast Traveller's senior editor, Megan Spirell, to share a behind-the-scenes peek into the making of our Women Who Travel Power list. But there's so much more waiting for you in the full article. From film directors to war journalists to wildlife ecologists, these women are reshaping the travel landscape and leaving a lasting impact on the world. Tune in to hear why Megan and myself are so excited about the 15 women we've chosen to highlight. Subscribe to cntraveler.com today to access the complete list and be inspired by their incredible journeys. And for a limited time, our listeners can unlock everything Traveller has to offer for just $5. Simply use code POD5, that's P-O-D-5, at checkout to access exclusive travel insights, breathtaking destinations, and invaluable tips to fuel your adventure spirit. All for just $5. And remember, every adventure starts with just one step. Join us in celebrating the power of women in travel. Visit cntraveler.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. A lot of people spend a lot of money on things like skincare, fast fashion, and even surgery, all in the name of self-improvement. But as the price of perfection rises, when is it time to call it quits? I'm Rima Hreis, host of This Is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace. This season, we dig deep into the financial trappings of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. and welcome to our last episode of Women Who Travel of 2021. I'm Meredith Carey, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Lale Arakoglu. Hello. To get a head start on planning and get a little inspiration for ourselves, we are talking all about where we want to travel next year in this week's episode. Joining us to chat about our dream destinations is Sara Khan, Editor-in-Chief of Khan Nas Traveler Middle East. Thanks so much for joining us, Sara. Thanks for having me, as always, my favorite podcast. <laughs> I'm going to throw it to you first. Where are you wanting to go next year? The place I am dying to go first is India, which is not that exciting for me technically because it's home, but I have not been home in two years. So I'm really hoping to get out there as soon as I can, maybe a birthday trip in January. Um, And once I've ticked that box, I did actually just recently move to Dubai for um, this role. And so I just am excited to travel around the Middle East. There's a lot going on in this part of the world, uh, especially 2022 with the Qatar World Cup Expo happening in Dubai. So there's just a lot to see in this area. So I'll probably be staying close to my new home. When you are talking about going home to India, where are the places outside of seeing family first, of course, where are the places that you're like, okay, I have to hit all of these spots. Where are you going when you land? You will find me from the airport straight to Soho House in Juhu in Bombay. I love that hotel, love the whole vibe there. Um, And I hear it's still quite the place to be, so I want to be there. Bombay is one of my favorite cities on the planet, so I'm excited to go back there. Um, I've been on this mission to explore as much of India as possible. It takes forever because there's so much to see. I've never been to the mountains in India, so that was one of the things I was hoping to do in 2020, was to actually go up to the Himalayas, to Kashmir, um, Uttarakhand, and all that. 
that. So I'm really hoping that that will be on my hit list this summer. Amazing. Um, One of my places that I want to go next summer is actually like very, very, very specific and niche. And I spend a lot of time on the internet looking at Airbnbs for my job. And there is one Airbnb literally called the Summer House that is in Canada that I want to plan an entire trip around. It is so beautiful and like girly and pink and so well designed. And I would like to live there. It's in a town called Southampton that's right on Lake Huron, and it's about three hours from Toronto. Um, So I kind of want to plan a trip to Ontario and hit up this specific Airbnb, which I will definitely link in the show notes because everyone (laughs) should book this place, but leave me a weekend spare in the summer um, and tie it into a trip to Toronto. I have never been to Toronto, um, been to Montreal, been to Vancouver, but dying to go to Toronto, which had a new one hotel just opened this year. And I also talked to Sage Paul, who is one of the founders of Indigenous Fashion Week Toronto for our World Made Local package that went up in the magazine and up online a couple months ago. Um, And she just shared some incredible Indigenous and First Nation-led restaurants, museums, and experiences to seek out in the city, which is um, where she lives. And I just had so much fun talking to her. And now I'm like, we can go to Canada now. <laughs> I'm planning a trip specifically to this Airbnb that I have had bookmarked for about a year and a half and tying it into a trip to Toronto so I can road trip there. Um, and it has three bedrooms, so I have to find friends. So if anyone I was just to about to me. invite myself because I don't know if you know, I was born in Toronto and I haven't been back to Canada in years. I haven't been to Toronto in maybe 16, 17 years. I know nothing about Toronto, basically. So I will come with you and explore with you. How about that? Can we all go? Because I've never been to Canada. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. So I have filled all the bedrooms of this Airbnb. Sorry if you wanted to invite other people to the summer house. Just me and Sarah. <laughs> Lale, if you are not coming with me to Ontario, where are you going next year? Um, okay, so one place that is a real priority for me for personal reasons, but I also think should be on lots of travelers' radars for 2022 is Istanbul. As listeners of the podcast know, I have lots of family there and I love it. I think it is a magical, 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 frenetic, wild city. And it also has a sort of slew of openings. The kind of most significant that has been in the works for a long time is Galataport, which is on the European side of the Bosphorus. For those who aren't aware, the Bosphorus basically divides Europe and Asia so you can switch between continents when you're in the city, which is a novelty that has never got old for me. But Galataport has been a long time coming and it is a huge social, cultural, leisure area on the waterfront near Karakoy, which is a super cool neighbourhood. The reason why it's got so developed is because it is going to be the new cruise terminal. So for anyone who is planning on cruises through Europe or the Middle East, chances are you might be passing through Galataport next year and beyond. But it's also the site of the new Renzo Piano designed Istanbul Modern Museum, which is the major contemporary art museum in Istanbul, which I've always loved and I think is fantastic. And I'm very excited to see the new space. And there's a slew of hotel openings that are happening in the city as well. The most notable is probably the Peninsula, if you're looking for some luxury. But Istanbul is also full of fantastic Airbnbs that I cannot recommend enough if you want to truly live like a local there. And like all major cities, it's gone through some very tough lockdowns in the past 
couple of years. So I think it will be really wonderful to see it alive and busy and full of people again. And it's so exciting to hear that um, Gladiport is opening because I feel like it's been in the works for a long time, right? Yeah, it feels it feels really major for the city. I think it'll be interesting to see how it kind of changes that part. So speaking of cruising, something that came up on my Instagram like 700,000 times over the summer was Malta. And I... I'm a sucker for if all of my friends are going somewhere, I have to go. And one of the people who went to Malta was Sara Khan. So can you share why Malta has been on everyone's list and why I'll probably be trying to go next year? I think the question really should be why it hasn't been on everyone's list until now, because it is such a manageable destination. It's so familiar and accessible. I think I had flown from the U.S. and it wasn't, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't direct, but it wasn't that bad. Um, and then it's, you know, everybody speaks English there, that, but it's got a very Italian vibe. But it just seems like a place Americans would love and find accessible and easy. I went, however, because I am now obviously with Condé Nast Travel Middle East. And the most fascinating thing to me is that Malta was one an Arab colony and their language is actually 50% Arabic and 50% English and it's the only Semitic language in the European Union. So I was going there to trace the Arab history in Malta which was you know really kind of a fun and interesting story to do. But beyond that the beaches, the natural scenery, the history, um, I learned so much about European history there because I didn't realize it was just all of Europe in one place and all the different influences that came from that. So yeah I don't know why more people weren't going to Malta before but I'm glad everybody seemed to jump on board this summer. And I feel like it was one of the first places in the Mediterranean that was really open arms accepting cruise ships back. So I know a lot of cruise lines have added it to itineraries. So if you're looking at a cruise next year, there's a chance that you might end up in Malta. Sara, where else are you looking at next year? So actually the first trip that got canceled because of COVID for me was London. I was supposed to go in April of 2020 and obviously that did not happen and I kept pushing it back and it still has not happened. But part of why I wanted to go is I, this is always a shocker to people, have not been to London in 30 years or more. What, Sarah? (laughs) Oh, the last time I was in London, this really will date me and age me uh, dramatically. I was at a free Mandela rally in Hyde Park. So that just goes to show how long it's been. Um, And yeah, I mean, a lot has obviously happened since then around the world, but in London as well. And I think one of the reasons I'm just really eager to go is the food, the Indian food scene in particular there. There's just so many interesting Indian restaurants there that I'm dying to see. And I think part of why I haven't been there is because I figure I'm going to love it and I know I'm going to love it and it's going to be great. And I know so many people and then I just keep putting it off. But now pandemic has put it off. So 2022. For people who are interested in the royal family, and I will have to confess that I literally couldn't care less, um, but it is the Queen's Platinum Jubilee in 2022, which I'm sure is going to draw lots of crowds for whatever festivities take place. But that will not be the reason why I go home, I have to admit. Lale, other than probably planning many more trips home, where else are you looking at? Oh, I don't know if this is just really obvious, but I feel like this is just on the top of mine for so many people in the States for sure, which is just to see as much of Europe as I possibly can next year. I, I, you know, for a long time took its proximity to London for granted and then still took it for granted when I could travel from the US and I miss it dearly. And I'm very excited because I have a wedding in the South of France in August of next year. And I am currently 
trying to figure out if I can tack on a trip to Morocco afterwards because the flights from south of France to Morocco take no time at all and feel budget-wise very, very doable. And I've never been to Morocco. Um, and it's been top of my list for a long time. It's a toss-up between that or doing a road trip through Spain. I mean, no bad, no bad option there. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, if, if anyone listening wants to tell me which one I should choose between... Do you have any ideas of where you would want to go in either of those places? Because they are quite large countries. They're very large countries. Um, So Spain, I have not been to since I was 13, 14. It's been a really long time and I've never been to Barcelona and that part of Spain. Um, So I think that really is like the priority for me. And then again, I mean, I I feel like I'm giving very obvious I also realized I said Europe and then went straight to Morocco. Um, <laughs> well, you starting points out of France. I was so starting still, still France. Um, but, um, and then Morocco, I mean, it's got to be Marrakesh. And then I'd love to go up into the Atlas Mountains. It just looks so dramatic and beautiful and out in the middle of nowhere, which I think is something that I feel more drawn to doing as time goes on after these rocky couple of years. Hey, travel fans, I'm Bruce Wallen, host of another podcast that I would love for you to check out. It's called Travel That Matters. And on the show, we explore the world's most extraordinary and meaningful travel experiences with guests like Chef Marcus Samuelson, Diane Fossey, Gorilla Fund CEO Tara Stowinski, and other world travelers who share their personal stories and expert insights. Every episode of Travel That Matters is full of insider tips for the best destinations, hotels, restaurants, activities, and more. That African safari you've been dreaming about, the winter escape to Norway to see the Northern Lights. These are the trips that truly change us and help define our place in the world. And that is what Travel That Matters is all about. You can find Travel That Matters wherever you get your podcasts. So join us on the adventure and explore the best of travel with Travel That Matters. Wouldn't it be great to earn rewards on everything you crave from gourmet to homemade? Now you can with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Earn four times points on dining, takeout, and restaurant delivery and two times points at grocery stores, grocery delivery, gas stations, EV charging stations, and streaming services. Learn how you can earn 20,000 bonus points, a $200 value, at usbank.com slash Altitude Go when you apply. Live every day your way with the Altitude Go card. Learn more at usbank.com slash Altitude Go. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc., some restrictions may apply. My next suggestion, I'm just like Miss North America over here. Uh, but one of my biggest travel gaps, I guess you could say, like a hole that needs to be filled immediately by travel, um, is Mexico. I have only ever been to the Mexico City airport. I have not been outside the Mexico City airport. I have not been anywhere else in Mexico. And next year, I am trying to go at least twice. Uh, I have a friend who is getting married there um, and in Mexico City, and I am dying to check out some of the hotels that made our hot list last year. One is this like super minimalist place called Octavia Casa. um, And it's just like so gorgeous. Again, I'm just getting drawn in by all of these very pretty hotels. But 
it's in Mexico City's Condesa neighborhood, and there's just like so much to do around there, so much walking, so many restaurants, so many shops. Um, and I just want to be in the middle of it, eating everything that I can. Um, the person who owns the hotel is Roberta Maceda, and she has like a women's wear and home design label. So you know that the interiors are going to be stunning. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then I want to go beyond Mexico City, which is why I'd like to take two trips, probably one in the spring and one um, in the fall, just to kind of hit different regions. The problem is, is that there are so many that I want to see that whittling it down is becoming very difficult. But I'd like to take two weeks separately and just hit up two different spots in Mexico, one being Mexico City. So if anyone has any... Mexico trip part two suggestions for me. Let me know. I have only been to Tijuana. I walked over from San Diego, so I might have to crash that trip too. Man. How am I the one that spent the most time in Mexico? <laughs> I've been multiple times. I've been to different cities. I actually had wanted to do Mexico City for my 40th, but my 40th was in January 2021 in the middle of a pandemic. So, Oh, well, you get, you get a redo for that. You 100% get a full redo. My 41st is when I turn 40, so maybe I'll do Mexico City for that. I'm actually really offended that neither of you said you wanted to visit me in the bay. <laughs> we haven't done that. We haven't done the whole thing yet. <laughs> There's more to come, Sarah. <laughs> um, well, obviously the expo's going on, but what else is new near you that we should have on our radar? And, and actually, to that point, I want to know now you are based in Dubai geographically. What do you want to take advantage of? Because I saw you re- just the last was it last week you were doing some incredible looking travels. Yeah, I went to uh, Alula, Saudi Arabia for 12 hours, which is doable now that I live here. It's a direct three-hour flight that just launched, um, which was incredible. It was the same civilization as Petra, so they have the same kind of ruins, but because it's Saudi Arabia and is only just reopened for tourism, or just open for tourism, rather, um, it's just they're very untouched and stunning. So I'm glad I got to do that. I definitely need to go back and do it properly because there's a new habitat there that I'm dying to stay at um, next door in Qatar, like I was saying, with the World Cup. There's a lot of excitement around that, but there's also a new spa resort called Zalal that just opened a couple of weeks ago that looks stunning. And it's the first wellness retreat to incorporate traditional Arabic Islamic medicine, which I'm really curious to learn about. So that is high on my list, hopefully in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, And yeah, I'm just excited to explore Dubai because Dubai is amazing. And obviously with Expo, all eyes are on Dubai, at least, you know, for a lot of people in this part of the world. But then there's so much beyond Dubai. And I feel like when people think of the UAE, they just think of Dubai, whereas there's you know, new hotels in Fujairah, which is on the coast. There's um, you know, Abu Dhabi always has interesting things going on. And uh, there's like a mountainous region called Hatta. So I'm just excited to really dive in and get to know all the Emirates. Okay, so one place that I do want to go that's near you is this Anantara resort called Qasr al-Sarab, which is like outside of Abu Dhabi. And it's like meant to be kind of like a Bedouin village. And the reason why I want to go is because I was interviewing the production designer for Dune, which I loved. Um, And when they were filming in the UAE, that is where they stayed um, because they actually filmed in the desert right outside of the resort. He was saying they would like drive 10 minutes and then that was where their set was because it really is truly in the middle of the desert. Um, And I feel like when Lala was saying, talking about how she wanted to go into the mountains and just like be somewhere it was quiet and remote. That is kind of my version of that. Being somewhere that is unlike anywhere else on the planet, stunning sand dunes, 
very hot, kind of the place where you're just going to have to lay and that's going to be fine. That's definitely on my list last next year. And, and it's been so since I talked to him and was trying to figure out where they filmed all of these desert scenes. Well, again, I think we might be traveling together yet again because it's on my list too. Because so actually just won a favorite desert resort for our Reader's Choice Awards that we just had this month. And so um, it is it seems like the ultimate desert fantasy. And I'm a desert baby. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I love desert landscapes as my favorite nature destination. So it's, and it's funny because you're right. It is so remote. Um, the UAE is not a big country, but I believe it's about three or four hours drive from Dubai, which the idea of having to go that far out from here um, is really exciting to me. So let's do it. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Very, very into it. Lale, where else are you traveling that we can we can piggyback onto your trip? Okay, so one place which I have to say has been totally informed by Instagram FOMO that I've had this weekend, which is I would love, and and I also just want to say it is a country that I have been desperate to get to for some time, um, but I would love to go to Uruguay to see the new James Trail Sky Space at Posada Ayana. It looks absolutely extraordinary and my literal my Instagram stories this weekend because it was the opening weekend was just filled with James Terrell content and it looks extraordinary and it feels like a wonderful excuse to get down to Uruguay and explore it um it's a country that I've just been really intrigued by and I haven't seen enough of that part of the world somewhere closer to home is Seattle which I was supposed to visit in 2020 and obviously did not make it and I feel like I've kind of ticked off a pretty good list of American cities at this point since moving here but Seattle is somewhere I haven't made it to and I want the London style rain and lots of fresh seafood and just to explore it and get to know it a bit. Um, so the last place I want to go on my very busy schedule, which already has seven weddings, uh, but is going to just be absolutely filled with travel is Copenhagen. I have never been, and I just have a feeling, I think I might really love it there. The place that I really want to go, and this is, again, it's crazy to plan an entire trip around a single thing, but I really wanted to go to this one store called Holly Go Lightly, and it's filled with home goods and sweaters and all sorts of things from um, Danish and Scandinavian makers. And one of the people that is stocked in the store is this woman who I absolutely love following on Instagram, whose name I will probably mispronounce, but it's Lerk. Bagger. Um, and she is this incredible knitter. She just came out with a book about knitting. I am not a knitter, but I am in a family of women who knit. And she just came out with a book all about um, knitting. It has a bunch of patterns in it. It's currently only out in Danish, but hopefully it will be released in English soon and then I might be able to get into it. But she just has such amazing, um, such an amazing eye for color. And I basically want to go to the store just to like try on her sweaters, um, which are all hand knit and she's just so amazing. But there are other things in Copenhagen that I want to see too. I would love to go to Juno the Bakery for pastries. Um, Villa Copenhagen was one was on our 2021 hot list. Um, it's in the former headquarters of the Danish post office um, and was built in 1912 and has been like beautifully restored. But all of the rooms, um, instead of having that like 1912 design are 
like very calm, very Scandi, very minimalist, so beautiful. I want to put my biking skills to the test and try and bike around Copenhagen. Um, but they also just opened a new metro system in 2019. So if I can't make it with the Danish bikers, I can <laughs> zip around other ways. Um, I have done the thing already where I've just made a Google map of all the places I want to go in Copenhagen, which I think is a pretty good sign that I will make it work um, and find a flight over there at some point next year. So that is my last pick. I was going to say, all I want to do is go shopping in Copenhagen. I just For the fashion like, alone. I just I I feel like I've been buying things over the past year and a half to like tide me over until like the office reopens and and we get back to like really going out to fancy dinners and now we're there and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I do not have I the need clothes. my things. <laughs> yes. Um, so obviously I have to fly all the way to Copenhagen to get the I think it's the, the only reasonable solution. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, okay, Sarah, what is your last spot? One place that I really want to go is uh, this island called Socotra um, off the coast of Yemen. So it's like technically, in, I mean, it's in Yemen, but it's operated or somewhat controlled by the UAE or they have some relationship. And so there are direct flights from there. And I don't know if you've um, heard about it or seen it on social media, but it looks absolutely stunning. It's kind of like this got this Galapagos remote vibe, these really unique um, treescapes and, and just the coast is stunning and it's absolutely gorgeous. And you can do these trips there. Um, there's like little tour operators that work with locals and do one week trips. But the thing is, it's one week entirely off the grid. So I don't know if I can justify that right now with my workload, but that would be something I would love to do. I have heard about this island. It looks and sounds amazing and fascinating and I really hope you get there because I want to hear all about it and live by Karis. You will see it on Instagram when I get my when I get whenever I get service back. Um Lolly what is your last pick? Um last pick is a little bit of a personal one again which is that I have some very close family up in Scotland in the Highlands um who I haven't seen since 2018 and I miss them a lot and I'm desperate to see them so I would love to get up there and in doing so, I want to take the Caledonian sleeper, which I've done before, which you get from London. And it's the overnight train that takes you up to Inverness. Um, and one of my favorite things about it is that there's someone who knocks on your door at like five in the morning to deliver a bacon sandwich to you, which I just think is the best thing anyone could ever do for you if you're sleeping on a night train. And just be in the outdoors and go hiking and be in the beautiful landscape. And if I can, and if I make it over there in the summertime to go to Skye and hop around the islands there, which is just, I think, some of the most extraordinary landscape in the world. And it's so peaceful there. Um, and in the depths of lockdown, I thought about Skye and my family a lot. So I'd love to make it up there. Oh, well, thank you guys both for sharing all of your ideas and where you want to go. We'll have links to a whole boatload of things, including most of the hotels we mentioned, that Airbnb I'm dying to go to. Um, they will all be in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. If people want to follow you next year and see what you are up to, Sarah, where can they find you on the internet? I am at by Sarah Khan anywhere social media exists. So Twitter, Instagram, you name it. I'm at oh, hey there, Mayor. And I'm at Lale Hannah. As a reminder, this is our last episode of the year, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you are alerted. When we come back in the spring of 2022, we will hopefully have traveled very far and wide by the time we come back, have lots of things to talk about. Um, thank you so much for listening all of this year, and we will talk to you later. Later.
Hi, I'm Deborah Treisman, fiction editor of The New Yorker and host of The New Yorker Fiction Podcast. On the podcast, I ask a great contemporary writer to select a favorite story from the magazine's almost 100-year archive to read and discuss. Together, we delve into the story, exploring its themes, its style, and what makes fiction work. You can listen to authors like Otessa Moshfeg talk about why we write. Story, or attaching a story or creating a story, is this inclination that we all have to stop spinning. And you can hear writers like George Saunders discuss the nature of storytelling. On the first read, you accept these things as descriptions, and they make you see the scene. But every line is a chance to inflect the reader's mind. You'll discover new favorite authors and read old favorites in new ways. Episodes of the New Yorker Fiction Podcast are released on the first of every month. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts.